Coming to you live from Ireland, masquerading as Scotland, it's the 10 Point Podcast. My, name is... <laughs> <laughs> My name is Bruce, and I see a whole army of our listeners here in defiance of tyranny. Listen and you may die, switch off and you'll live, at least a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take the 10 Point Podcast 100th episode spectacular. Hooray! Happy birthday, my, 10 Point Podcast. <laughs> my countrymen here on the battlefield with me today. First, some men are longer than others. It's Chris. Alba Gubrath. Ah, very good. Scotland forever, I believe that means. And secondly, before we finish the show this week, he'll put his head between his legs and kiss his own arse. <laughs> it's Andy. Ah, uh, I can totally do that. Keep that as a cliffhanger, keep everybody tuned. We are the 10 Point Podcast. You can find us on all your podcast feeds, regardless I'll of do which I don't swear. <laughs> right, good, good luck. Uh, yes, wherever you find your podcast, uh, Dogma disappeared last week. But it, it could, could, should be back. Uh, keep an eye out for that if you haven't heard it. I think the yet. Christians took it down, but I'll get it back up. Maybe we got it banned. Death the to banned Christianity. Episode. Yeah. <laughs> so if you've not heard Dogma yet, it's around. Check YouTube; it's still on there. If you're struggling otherwise, YouTube don't care about Christians. No, I think about anything on there. Uh, they're going to be showing 100 bare arses for a whole hour plus. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably going to get us taken off YouTube. Second, it? But we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah, YouTube as well. Uh, social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Template Podcast. And they'll send us messages, send us requests, send us reviews. Uh, anything abusing us for hating religion sent to Andy directly. Uh, what have you been watching in the last week before we get on to this week's episode? I haven't watched a single... I just realised the sheer panic on Chris's face there because I don't think he remembers what he watched. <laughs> <laughs> I never realised I can watch anything. Uh, I haven't watched any films again. I've only been on the TV. So Andy, have you watched anything special this week? No, I was going to go watch Lightyear and then I decided mm, that's too far, fuck it. Petrol prices do not <laughs> worth me going to get it. Do you have to go to infinity and beyond to watch it? Is that why it was too well, far? Well, I was like, I was like, I got the tickets booked and everything. I was like, right, I'm going to go watch this. Wednesday and Friday. And I was like, wait there. The little twats are be out of school, so it's going to be full of kids. So I was like, nah, fuck it. And then I'll go at the weekend. And then I was like, nah, nah petrol prices went on 2p. Not worth it. <laughs> and everybody will be out there. It's the yeah, weekend. and I was like, uh, it's just kind of, that's as far as I've got with going to watch a new film. So... I have literally watched Sweet Hee Haw. Right, anything TV-wise then? Uh, just oh, finished Obi-Wan, polished that bad boy off, and Miss Marvel. I'm going to try not to rant too much about Obi-Wan, so if anyone's got anything nice they want to say Well, I can say something nice about it. What a wasted opportunity that was. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I, I like I like Ewan McGregor. He was pretty good in it. He was. Everybody else was kind of shit. <laughs> Hayden Christensen just turned up and rocked a paycheck for fucking no reason at all. It was almost up there as bad as going, no. <laughs> it's like, just give me James Earl Jones's voice. I don't need a hybrid voice. That can fuck right off. And also, don't give me about a million and one more loopholes to try and fit in a new hope. I never need another season to know what the fuck happens. <laughs> I would argue that that was at the good end of Hayden Christensen <laughs> acting scale. I think some of his best stuff might have been that 30 seconds he had with his face poking out. But, uh, yeah, oh, it's... That was, by the way, that was the, all the good stuff I had to say about that's that. That's all good, all the thumbs up. Yes. My actual opinion, I, I almost went through and watched it again, but I flicked through on the little timeline. I think you can, 
put on the first episode of Kenobi. Get the general gist of what's happening. Watch that episode. If you then skip the next four and watch the last one, you can very easily just piece in everything in between. Mm-hmm. And that's the interesting bit. And you actually don't... There's nothing nothing essential to watch. Nothing you need to see. Nothing. I'm like, oh, you should totally see the bit where or the bit when. Just skip out the middle four episodes and get the idea of when we are and where we are and who's in it because you have to introduce Reva. Then you can miss out her entire nonsensical, irrelevant storyline that doesn't actually right. mean anything going on. I'm going to... Yeah, Probably gas cancelled here, right? Oh, no. <laughs> right. Reva has had a lot of bad press. Okay. Yes. yes. Now I want to put it on the record of it's not because she's black. Oh. It's because her character sucks balls. That's it. It's not to do with her. She's probably actually quite good. Yeah. She like... she plays a crazy demented. That's how I imagined a crazy demented Jedi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I didn't give a shit about the character one bit. Yeah. I wanted more actual Grand Inquisitor, even with his weird looking head that doesn't look anything yeah. like the cartoon yeah. why didn't i just why why add her into it yes exactly like it is a case of why i don't get it i don't understand it she wasn't needed you yeah. and mcgregor can go and defend her all she wants if you're a racist cunt about her shame on you she's just shit <laughs> the character <laughs> yes <laughs> Reva uh, is shit and not needed I still don't understand how she survived being stabbed through the chest with a lightsaber. Like this lightsaber wait, 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 wait. has gone down and infected. I, right. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Did she? Right. Did she get stabbed in the chest? Okay, so Grand Inquisitor gets stabbed in the chest. Seems to be away for maybe a week and a half, probably in a bantha tank, getting fixed. Tank. Did, did she get stabbed in the chest? And teleport to Tatooine. Yeah, she on this planet where she is not only doesn't know anybody, but is the enemy of an enemy of anybody who's left on that planet. Somehow gets from that planet to Tatooine. Exactly. And way ahead of like like gets there so quickly that Kenobi directly goes to another planet for a fight, and then has to like it's still chasing her through the castles and the castles, the rocks and all the stuff of Tatooine. It's like how did she get there so quickly from like dead <laughs> to yeah. a different planet? It made no And sense. then also have a conscience near the end and went, ah fuck it. And it's like that was the point. I was like actually I'm I'm intrigued with her character up until this point. And I'm like, she's going to die. All right. She's going to be the one that cuts Owen's legs off. Right, this all makes sense. This this explains that. None of that happened. <laughs> And I was just left going, what the fuck? The, uh, her getting to the end and being like, uh, I, to the, to the end, I thought she's going to go kill Annika Skywalker's son to finally get revenge on him. Seemingly, that's not what she was doing because they're still trying to play off that she doesn't know that's Anakin Skywalker's son. Nobody does. And then he doesn't know that she's a Jedi coming to kill her because of who her dad is. Just so they can keep the continuity going. She just wanted to get revenge on Obi-Wan. She gets there. I'm not going to kill this child. And Obi-Wan's like, that's fine. You've repented for the thousands of children you've killed in the last yeah. 10 years or whatever it is working for the Sith. It's like, yeah, that's, that's not how this sort of stuff works. But yeah. The, the only way they could have fixed it was at the very end, you see like Ewan McGregor going away and he's weird camel. And then suddenly you just see another red lightsaber come out. And then another lightsaber come out, and everybody would just be Darth Maul, and that would have been it. That would have, that would have ended it, and I would have been happy with that. But I didn't even get that. I got Liam Neeson wearing a weird fucking wig that looked horrendous. <laughs> it was. I, I was just drawn to his beard, and I'm like, Aye, it was. It was half fallen off. It was yeah. Just like, what, the, what the fuck? Uh, TV yeah. budgets. I enjoyed him. I actually did enjoy Obi Wan yeah, versus Darth Vader. I thought that was actually that, that, that fight, fight was good. Yeah, but yeah, I like that. 
yeah, shit. Pointless. I'm not excited about a second series of it, which there's rumours they're maybe going to do. As long as it's Obi-Wan, goes and flies off in a galaxy not quite as far away, and then does a whole bunch of stuff, and then comes back again. I don't want anybody yeah, I else... I want to see a Darth Vader series. I want to see him. I would watch that, yeah. I want to see him training like secret apprentices. Maybe call it, like, I don't know, Darth Vader Unleashed or something like that. It'd work. <laughs> I want to see his little castle thing. We've seen a bit of it. Yeah, I want to see more of it. A tour of it. Uh, oh, rant over. We'll talk so much about that. The Boys, still the best TV show on TV at the moment. It's Amazing. Uh, so that's me. Chris, what have you watched in the last week? Uh, you have covered it pretty well. Andrew's little rant sorted that. <laughs> uh, okay, I thought you might have said something. So I, I, does this mean you have or haven't watched Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? Yet, no, so? I, I forgot it was coming out. We'll watch it tomorrow. Right, cool. I'll look after <laughs> the Boys. We'll mention that next time then, because I thought you yeah. might have Always it. after the boys. Boys always takes precedent. Yeah. Because okay. it is the best show on telly. It is. I didn't mention this before last time. It is the best satire on television that I watch. Like, it really, like, satirises current events better than anything else that I watch. So I very much enjoy and it. And we need to give a shout out to Sean, who's powered through the two seasons and is now almost up to date. <laughs> <laughs> he nearly died uh, watching that scene from the termite. Right. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Right, okay, on to the point of the podcast this week then. Point number one on the podcast. The 1995 biographical historical war drama Braveheart. I've used that point. term loosely. Yes, there's a couple of loose terms in there. Uh, it's the 100th episode. This is the most famous Scottish film of all time. We are three Scottish podcasters talking about films, so Braveheart is our number 100. Brought to us by Icon Productions and The Lad Company. Icon Productions mainly makes Mel Gibson films, so I'm assuming he's involved with it, and Spice World the movie. <laughs> I had to mention that. And The Lad Company did Blade Runner, and specifically Police Academy 1 and 2. Uh, and there's <laughs> nothing much else aside from that from those production studios. Written by Randall Wallace, no relation. Uh, he, in the 1980s, <laughs> was on holiday in Scotland, with him being of Scottish like descent. And he was in Edinburgh. He saw a statue of William Wallace, was intrigued that this guy had the same surname as him. Did some investigating and ended up writing a movie script uh, based on the legends and all that of William Wallace. So this was his first major breakout writing credit thing. He then went on to write and direct The Man in the Iron Mask, the Leonardo DiCaprio one from the 90s. He then wrote Pearl Harbor, the Ben Affleck one, wrote and directed We Were Soldiers, and then was the director of Secretariat, the uh, the horse racing movie. And then that's pretty much it. He didn't do a hell of a lot else. Oh, and that did Randall Wallace. Braveheart, directed by and starring as William Wallace, Mel Gibson. You may have heard of him. He was Mad Max in Mad Max 1, 2 and 3. He was in the Lethal Weapon series, which I believe there are four movies of, unless there's a fifth one that isn't on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> no, there is, there is a fifth one coming out, apparently. Right, okay. So he's, he's one of the two main guys. Uh, he was in Maverick. That was his last big film before making Braveheart, which he wrote and, uh, sorry, starred in and directed, I should say. Then he was in Ransom, Conspiracy Theory, Chicken Run, and Signs. And that kind of brought around the end of his acting career. He then directed Passion of the Christ, directed Apocalypto, Basically came out of retirement after not acting for about 10 years. Was in Machete Kills, which jumped out at me. And he directed Hacksaw Ridge. And the last film that I put on this list was Fat Man. Because remember, Andy talked about it a lot before it was coming where he plays Santa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Co-starring as King Edward I, or Longshanks, which took me a long time to connect the two within the film because I got quite confused. Uh, Patrick McGoohan, or McGoohan, I don't know how you say his name. 
Paddy McGoohan. He's famous for being in the television shows Danger Man, and he was the prisoner in The Prisoner, the, the classic kind of 70s, uh, I think, television show. He was in An Escape from Alcatraz. He was in Scanners. He was not the guy whose head exploded, but that's the famous scene everyone knows from Scanners. And then he was in Braveheart, and then he was in A Time to Kill as well, which sounds like a Bond film, but is not a Bond film. My assumption would be he did a lot of stage acting around about that, because he acted for a long, long time, but wasn't in an awful lot of films. And he was King Edward I. And thirdly, as Princess Isabel, the Princess of Wales, we have Sophie Marceau. Uh, first became famous because of The Party, which is a French thing, so it's not called The Party, but that's the English translation. This was her major movie worldwide breakout uh, in Braveheart. Then she was in The World Is Not Enough, which is pretty much the last thing I ever knew she was in. Oh, yeah. And the next biggest thing was LOL Laughing Out Loud uh, and a bunch of other stuff, some French language, some not. But basically, Sophie Marceau was in Braveheart and The World Is Not Enough in the late, the mid to late uh, 90s, and that's her career. Braveheart. This is quite a strange selection of numbers here. On a budget of $72 million in 1995, which strikes me as a hell of a lot of money for back then, opened in I the US... <laughs> in the US for just ten million dollars, and I'm like, okay, right. It's one of those ones where no one really knows what it is, but it'll get a bit of steam. Film still got a steam back then, and built up, build up. Final US gross, just seventy-five and a half million dollars, so a lot of money, but it's just its budget back again. Final worldwide gross, two hundred thirteen million dollars. <laughs> so hi. The UK had like $20 million, uh, Germany had about $16 million, but it just seems to be every country in the world was a little bit excited about Braveheart, a little bit interested in spending it. Just, because if every country spends $5 million, that's a lot of money that yeah. comes up. <laughs> yeah, not so big in America, but huge worldwide. Released on my 10th birthday, the 24th of May 1995 in the US, and released on the 8th of September 1995 in the UK means it was in the 1996 awards season. Uh, I think the MTV Movie Awards might be a different year, but I didn't double check. But either way, it was represented at every single major movie awards ceremony that we do. I'm not going to run through all the nominations, just at successes. I so the this one or twice, haven't we? This one shows up in the 1996 awards season a lot because a certain person, if not all of us, likes to pick 1995 movies on this podcast. What a year. So Braveheart comes up a lot. So the 1996 Oscars, Braveheart got 10 nominations at the Oscars, but it only won these awards. It won Best Makeup, it won Best Sound Effects Editing, it won Best Cinematography, it won Best Director for Mel Gibson, and it won Best Picture. I don't know, but this is certainly most the second Best Picture film we've ever done on the podcast. We kind of stay away from Best Pictures. Uh, so yeah, technically the best film we've ever done, because they won the Oscar that year. 1996 BAFTAs, Braveheart had seven nominations. It won Best Costume Design, Best Sound, Best Cinematography. At the 1996 Golden Globes, four nominations. Its only win was Best Director for Motion Picture, Mel Gibson. 1996 MTV Movie Awards. It had four nominations, one of which made me laugh was Most Desirable Male, Mel Gibson. He did not win that one. But it did win Best Action Sequence for the Battle of Sterling. Not Sterling, it said Sterling as in the money, uh, which is uh, a good, good mistake by them. But the main awards ceremony we all worry about, 1996 Saturn Awards. Three nominations for Braveheart, somehow, at Saturn Awards. No wins, however. The nominations were Best Costumes, Best Music and Best Action Adventure Film. It won none of those. A lot of awards nominations at the big ones there. Not one single nomination for any actor. <laughs> it is all cinematography, directing and uh, sound, basically, and costumes. So that's where this film was in 1995. 
Synopsis of Braveheart by Nick, our most frequent and longest timest. Uh, Is that Thesaurus Nick? Thesaurus Nick, I believe. <laughs> Here we go. Around the end of the 1200s, oppressed by King Edward Longshanks, who rules England with an iron fist, the noble and charismatic Scot of humble descent, William Wallace, leads a righteous campaign to ed- end tyranny. In this gallant quest for freedom, the gifted strategist and mighty warrior will amass the hordes of the oppressed Scotsmen who thirst to reclaim their independence. However, the road to liberty is always drenched in blood. And that's it. Nick's usually a bit more wordy and usually tries to slip the thing in there somewhere, but <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, part. that's uh, that. the film. <laughs> who picked? I picked it. Uh, and the reason I picked it was I'm doing Scotland as my theme, and I always thought when we started, I thought we should do Braveheart, but let's save it for the hundredth episode. And Who it knew we'd ever get to the hundredth. I know. At the time, I was thinking, oh, we should, oh, we should leave it for the hundredth. We'll never ever get there, but we did. Um, it's been on that list for a while, but I couldn't think of a way to. I was waiting for you to fuck his theme. I genuinely thought, right? I said it to Bruce originally, and like we came up with the concept of the podcast. I was like, all right, you'll do the hundredth episode, Braveheart. It makes sense. It's going to take us a few years to get to the hundredth if if we do like a couple of seasons a year. And I was like. I reckon Chris could pick it for the third or fourth film in season one. <laughs> <laughs> but somehow he didn't. We managed to get there. Uh, and yeah, I, I thought, um, yeah, we, we, because it kept coming up like once a month for a while, but yeah, we'll definitely do that. Had we all seen it before? Oh, yes. Yes, of course we had. I think, however, I'd only seen it once before. I, I might be, I've only ever properly. I, did, I, did, I think, I'm sure with you, I've probably seen it once all the way through, and another than that has been a bit like. The end or the middle, the catch bits of it. The battles, basically. Yeah. yeah. I had absolutely no recollection of it being 178 minutes long. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> I had absolutely no memory of that whatsoever. And when I went to watch it again, and I looked at the time, it was like just short of three hours. This, I don't remember this being was, that long. This was a double video back in the old, right. uh, ga- garage days. <laughs> if you went to rent a garage, you got a double video. Double video. Which channel would we normally find it on? This strikes me as a BBC. I was going to say BBC One. BBC yeah. One, not even BBC Scotland, actual BBC. Uh, which version did we watch? I watched Disney Plus. I'm assuming we all watched the Disney Plus version, unless you had a DVD or a Blu-ray. Or, I watched the Blu-ray. Uh, I watched both versions. Right, okay then. DVD. Ah, did you notice any differences at all, Chris? Or was I didn't actually. Much... Yeah, well, I don't know what differences there are necessarily, but the, UK... the Blu-ray is all grainy to shit, and it's like when they do that thing, you just see sparkles. Right. Okay. Two uh, two HD. The UK cinema version was forced to cut away when Willie Wallace uh, gets the throat-cutting revenge on the guy against the pole. The oh, UK, that was on a DVD, that one, wasn't it? The BBC it? UK cinema version forced to cut away so that we get a 15. But it's been put back in again for uh, all the I versions. I don't remember all the Willies. <laughs> okay, well, maybe they were cut from the like, BBC One versions. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, this was definitely the first time we've seen, like, 2,000 Willies. NHD. The uh, the first UK VHS home version, I imagine the one that was two tapes, like Andy says, had sequences of Wallace leaving Scotland and going to Europe, and had a scene where he meets the Pope, and the Pope, pope oh, basically never shuns, remember that either. Yeah, shuns him because obviously he backs King Edward and all that sort of stuff. So that, that's it's cut from all versions since then, but the original UK it's... version had that, uh, and then I think it was cut completely with the exception of test audiences, because they hated it so much, full graphic detail of Wallace's disembowelment at the end of the film. I wanted that. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, I would like to have seen that. 
Right, okay. How times have I'm changed. Pre- I'm pretty sure. I don't know if it's the little jesters that we like think, but I'm pretty sure I remember guts coming out. Ah, jesters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe you you put them two together. Yeah, uh, and that's it in terms of the versions. Uh, not much, and all the rest are pretty much the same. Different TV ones, different violence levels, and all that. So on to point two then. Point two is what we thought the high points were of the film, best bits and things. Uh, I picked it. I don't have much in the early going, so my earliest high point is Uncle Brian Cox showing up because Brian Cox <laughs> has to be in everything and then he was gone like, I thought he was going to be quite a bit in this film but he's in for about two scenes and then he's gone but him he's bringing totally in the, the, the Sean Connery of uh, the Highlander it's <laughs> exactly the same role I'll, Here, come come, I'll, mentor you. Yeah. I'll teach you Latin I'm never back in this film <laughs> so he might have been in it when he was travelling around Europe maybe I don't know maybe it's not when he was travelling around Europe because this he met the Pope and ignored him and all that but yeah because uh, he's a well-travelled Scot later on because he knows French and all that but yeah I feel like Brian Cox might have been in it a bit more I did see he turned down a bigger role in the film because he thought it was the better role but I mean every role's bigger than his he's barely in the film <laughs> yeah. uh, but they only go him showing up because I, I do love Brian Cox and he's he's one of the best Scottish actors around and that's without me watching Succession that he's a, a big star in uh, any other early high points? Uh, mine is not until uh, the test of manhood between Hamish and Wallace the throne he's of a, the rock he's a, he's a man I, was Actually, that, like, I always forget about the like young like young William Wallace. He's actually like, alright. The only thing that really annoys me about it is his eyes are too blue. It's like <laughs> right. take, it's it's I don't know, it's weird. I don't know if it's because I was watching it in like super HDR, but like everything's all kind of thing, and it's just his eyes are just like, blue. It's like <laughs> I don't remember this bit being super blue, but yeah, as as like him being a kid and the whole where his dad's dead and all that and just carrying on, it's like, oh yeah. That's kind of like the kind of thing I would do if someone's going to give me bad news. I'm just going to carry on. It's, I don't want to know. It's better not knowing. It's hard to not compare this to Highlander, which was my last pick. However, uh, but however, at that bit, I was like, wait there, that's a dead body. He comes back alive. <laughs> I've seen this film. I was like, oh, no, wrong film. That's Highlander. Ah, could be fucking ghost kid. William. <laughs> yeah, I was a kid, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, him and the, the the house full of bodies and all that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, I think it's a it's a better beginning part of the film to Highlander. If you'd like taken this out, like the, the it's a different different level of uh, of movie going on here. Uh, Throne of the Rocks, then, Chris. Yeah, I enjoyed that as well. <laughs> that was yeah, I love that. Bit. <laughs> yeah, it was just uh, can you do that when it matters? Is it? I mean, it matters. Just love the rock. I think missed him. He's like cracks right between the eyes. There's a little boulder. <laughs> Yeah. The uh, again, I had no recollection that uh, Brendan Gleeson was in this. Who I've now picked for two times this season as well. There's a lot of crossover in my five picks this year. I'm going to be kind of shoehorned, uh, what's what, pigeonholed into the, the Scottish thing. But yeah, I always remember James uh, Cosmo being in it, but he plays the exact same role in this yeah. as he does in Highlander. The same yeah. character, not yeah. even pretending it's a different kind of character. <laughs> The uh, exact same role. Uh, so my next high point I've got is pretty much Wallace's first revenge uh, when the um, when Muron, the most strangest named character. Muron. Yeah. Well, apparently her name was actually Marion, but they changed it because it was coming out the same around the same time as Robin Hood was coming out, and they didn't want to have right. a female character be called Marion and made Marion, so they they made it Muron instead, which is a, a Gaelic name that I have never heard before or since this film. She gets killed. Wallace is coming back like a badass to just wipe out the enemy was amazing. The the build up, yeah. slow mo, obvious. I'm like, is this the kind of film 
where he's just going to wreck everybody here. I, I'm not sure. Braveheart to be it's a bit over an Oscar winner, it's a bit over drama. It's not going to be Rambo style murdering everyone. It's like, oh no, he is. He's, he's killing that everyone. Scene is what made me fall in love with effects. So like that guy get his leg chopped off and like people landed on spikes. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I admit, when this came out years while well, I was in 1905 and stuff. There was a TV program. I think it was on ITV about a stuntman, and he was. He was in other all these different films that showed how stuff done. He's the one that gets lobbed with a sword in that scene and like lands on the ground. Right, okay. And he's he's like like James Bond films as well, and it shows you how he did the stunts. Very good. I do like it's a pet peeve of mine is heroes and villains not dealing with their enemy when it comes to the time. I like the yeah. fact that Billy Wallace is just like up against that pole. Did carry on. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just <slit> the throat. <laughs> I'll get on with it. I don't need to hear anything you have to say. Just going to straight up kill you and then, right, carry on. More revenge. <laughs> so, yeah, very much. Uh, a good point for me. I, I did not think Braveheart was that kind of film at that point. So, okay, right, you've got me here. And that's, for me, that's basically an hour and a bit into the film, I think, at this point. Yeah, I've got one before it, and it's only because of basketball. I love you. Always have. I can't yeah. hear that without but laughing. That, that's the bit that annoys me because I always thought, like Mandela effect, I always thought, I love you. I always have. I always will. But that bit's from basketball. Whereas his one is just, I love you. I always have. Like, that's it. <laughs> but yes, and I always will is basketball. And I always, I was like, three right off. I was like, oh, yeah, it's <laughs> basketball. Uh, it's not a high point for me, but it probably would come more into low points. But I feel like they pretty much sort of could end the, if this was a TV this was nowadays that's where the first episode would end this was Game of Thrones Braveheart edition episode 1 would end with him slicing the throat of the guy and then episode 2 would carry on I think it's quite a neat little hour worth of television you find out who the guy is finds his love gets married and then here's the revenge but it's really the king that you want and then that's end of episode 1 I thought it's a nice little neat package of an hour hour and a bit of a film of a, a TV show there so yeah very much enjoyed the beginning things don't stay as high the whole way through. Uh, not long after, though, cauterizing James Cosmo's wound was very. Right. That with the <laughs> here, take this. I'll hold him yeah. down. Here, take this. I'll hold him down. It's like why? Why did they do that? All oh, right, he's gonna punch <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love James Cosmo. He's brilliant. It's, it's totally what I would do if somebody had to do that to me. Though I would definitely punch you or stab off, burnt flakes, cauterize the wound. Maxwell, help me! It really yeah. hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely be the shit out of him. Something I didn't notice when I was watching, but I found in my research afterwards, is that James Cosmo gets injured in every battle they have in the film. Anytime That's one of my high points coming up. Like he doesn't make it through about any battle unscathed. Yeah, he's <laughs> always got something sticking in him, no matter what. <laughs> uh, any any other high points? I've got a couple more. Mine's nice. is definitely the first big battle, the Battle yeah. of Stirling Bridge, which is not a bridge. Oh, Stirling coming up. No, yeah, yeah, we'll just go Stirling. Because that, that was an epic battle. It was yeah. like around about the time I'd watched this, I was like just into my PC real time strategy games and like Shogun Total War was out. And it was it just reminded me of that. I was like, oh, all right, that that's for the waving flags at all. That explained battle flags to me on what they're <laughs> actually for. This this whole thing is ah, oh, that makes sense. This, this, that makes sense. A TV show, it used to be on Channel 4. Now, it wasn't like Time Team, but it was around whenever Time Team was on and Scrap Heap Challenge, there was another one. And people used to play classic battles against each other like that. So you'd have your blocks of armies. It was like a digital projection on a board. And you had your bank of 
people on horses or cavalry and you'd have guys would, and it would some would be like you would do battles against it some would explain how old battles happened and all that stuff so that's kind of that mixed with us doing it at school because in scottish history like yeah. I, ages of what but like 11 to about 14 i think we did a lot of scottish history at school uh, always the it's always the people who are smart who win battles because the army that has the bigger numbers just send people in like if one man kills one man by the end, we're going to have more standing because that's just how it goes numbers-wise. So the famous battles to me are always the ones where somebody has to out- outthink their opposition yeah. because they're understaffed, if you want to call it that. So, Which, uh, like, I know we're going to slag this off later on, like, but like this one actually works because obviously he got like the horses to go around the side and stuff like that. So yeah. he did it. It showed him how he was smart, but it would have been better with a bridge. It would be better if it had gone how the actual battle <laughs> We've missed over one high point. I just want to mention. I did like Crazy Stephen saving. Oh, Wallace. the Irishman. He comes in after the next battle, isn't it? No, he's no, in. He's, the... in, he's oh. in for this one. Yeah. He's oh, right. No, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. He's in the woods. Yeah. He's hunting the deer, and then he's yeah. Everyone's he's all a... hunting everybody. He is... I forgot how good he is. Yeah. And, like yeah. this watch, I was like, he is absolutely brilliant in this. It's really just... bizarre. Sorry, there you go. I was going to say just the talking to God thing, and then I think it's the before the next battle where he's like. Are we going to survive this? He's like, oh, well, God's going to look after me, but you, you're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very strange casting one because David O'Hara, who plays Irish Stephen, is Scottish. And then Brendan Gleeson is Irish, plays Hamish, who's Scottish. Uh, and it's like, wh- it's why? Like Longshanks. Uh, he's Irish as well, I think. Uh, thingamy, Mick Thingamy, whatever his name was. I'm lost his Andy name. McGowan or something like that. Yeah, Patrick Irish. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, crazy Stephen though. He's just the right amount of crazy. He doesn't yeah. like doesn't steal too many scenes that he shouldn't just for being mad. Doesn't ruin any bits for being too hilarious. But yeah, the assassination attempt because you don't know where he stands yet. You think he could be the assassin and all that. But it's you kind of get the Hollywood feeling. But towards the end, oh, he's actually going to save his life and join his team. Uh, more on the Battle of Sterling though. I, we can't go past this Battle of Sterling without saying the speech. Not saying the speech, but talking about Aye. the famous. You cannot. It gets me pumped up for a fight every time. Like yeah. the speech, the music is just gets me. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's very good. They used to play at Hamden before Scotland played football games. I don't know if they still do it or not, but the uh, it's a good pumping up Scottish people sort of thing. Despite the fact that well, I've got to say, despite the fact we don't need our freedom anymore, technically that's a political thing. I won't go too far down at the moment. Uh, but his, I very much enjoyed his nego- negotiation technique as well. Oh yeah, to go pick a fight. <laughs> <laughs> I just he didn't say a word. Well, he did say a word, but he just like starts weaving in between them, and you can see the guys getting agitated. And he's just like, "I'm just, I'm just walking about, and not doing anything." Yeah, uh, and then was obviously in the battle, everybody moons the English side, like what's behind Andy in the video version, yeah. and one guy gets shot in the arse with an arrow, which is always gets, <laughs> classic. Always gets Why did he have his arse out so? Is he just so like everybody managed to turn around, and get their sword, <laughs> he's just standing and going, up. What he's doing, guys? He's what so he's happening? <laughs> <laughs> I've still been in these cunts back here. Oh, arrow in the ass. They must have had a bet who can keep their arse out the longest. And, and he both won and lost at the same time. I think. Yeah, I shouldn't kill, but he's never sore after a few weeks. Um, so yeah, through the Battle of Sterling, this is where I really had a... This is where they just should have stopped the film, I think, at this point. Because if you stop it now, Wallace is won Scotland back for the time being, as in we've defeated the English, off they go, we've claimed Sterling and all that stuff, he's avenged his wife, and there's that, I've made the fool of you, and you've kind of set up Robert the Bruce to be the next king, you could have a bit more, some of the later scenes between them dispersed throughout the first hour and a half, 
I feel like this would be a nice, neat hour and a half. Here's William Wallace. Here's why he's angry. Here's his big victory. Look how smart a guy he was in battle. And then his pal's going to be the next king. When then you could tack on the Bannock Burn at the end. Here's Robert Bruce. How many years later winning? And that would have been a nice, fine hour and forty-five. Say, uh, Braveheart. And it would have been fine there. And I'd, I'd have loved it. That'd have been, that would have been near enough a, I don't know, eight, nine, or a ten. I think for me, if it, if it ended there. Uh, I've only oh, already know that Bruce's film's not a 10 out of 10. Braveheart's <laughs> not a 10 out of 10. I've only got one more high point after this, so give us some others. Uh, I'm going to go for Longshanks. As much of a prick that he was, any time he was on screen, like, until he's bedridden, of course, like, he was ruthless. He's just like, you're just waiting for something. Like, he started off just slapping people about it. He's just lobbing people at windows. <laughs> That was, I love that window as well. I love it, the window. But, yeah. but my scene I actually liked with him is that actually the bit when he's in the bed not saying anything and she walks behind him and basically says everything and obviously he can't say anything. It's like, that's some brilliant acting by not saying anything. You know he's getting pissed. He can't do anything. And then obviously when like uh, William Wallace is dying and it's like you hear him just shout freedom and you can see he's like dies as well. Like it yeah. just like kills him. And it's like, that's some good acting by not talking. For me, the the scene for him is him at the Battle of Falkirk, though, where yeah. he's actually there, and they're like, it's like fire the arrows, and they're like, but our own soldiers, we have more, or we have reserves. <laughs> like, the, the kind of the character he's he has. Just, like, he's just as goes right, as goes. I guess let's go. Job's done. Let's yeah. go. We'll see you later. <laughs> he's so good, so evil, but also kind of he's a bit more kind of fun evil there. He's, he wasn't too much of a kind of pantomime villain. That scene is a bit more panto, but I, I was laughing it up. The Battle of Falkirk is my last high point, though. I think, despite the fact Scotland get absolutely trounced, uh, anytime there's a good battle, they had a plan again. Let's get the Irish boys on our side, and then we'll set fire to the the battlefield, and then it goes south in a hurry after that. But the um, yeah, another good scene. Anytime they had a big battle in a big field, it was really good in this film. Hence all I, the battles. All three of us have got our backgrounds on YouTube are all battle related. <laughs> they were just epic battles. I could, uh, I could just watch them three battles over and over again. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Any other high points? Uh, I'd say just then, William Wallace's death. Like, it does get you a bit. It's like, I, yeah. he died. Yeah, you can't but, think like Mel Gibson's axe are getting hung because he acts that really well. He did. The, one of the trivia notes was that in one of the takes, he did accident, accidentally hang himself. <laughs> uh, he's director and acting. So he's like, ooh! He said, I, I, like, I remember landing on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being on the floor and coming round and everyone being like, are you okay? Are you okay? Like, yeah. <laughs> it went wrong. I said, cut. <laughs> cut the fucking rope, not the tape. <laughs> Uh, is that us for high points? So we got to point three. Sure. On to point three, the low points. What's up? The worst bits and things of the film. Where uh, anyone want to lead off? Right, I've got a couple. Fuck me, this film's long. <laughs> like yes. Like I forgot. Like literally, I was like watching it. I was like, right, titties, banger. He's gonna have a kid. Fuck me, that's an hour and twenty minutes in. <laughs> I was like, I'm sure she dies. I was like, when the fuck does she die? <laughs> yeah, too I long. I don't remember it being that long. No. <laughs> like, I've, I've only ever seen it once. And it's, it, I feel long films carry a reputation, like Titanic, reputation of being long. Avengers Endgame, reputation of being long. Why doesn't Braveheart carry this reputation of being... I don't know, but it felt <laughs> long. I felt every damn minute. I, I think <laughs> the first 30 minutes, I felt every minute of this film. Even the battle scenes, I was like, alright, oh, that's pretty good. I was like... This battle's dragging on a bit, isn't it? It's like, oh, fucking hell, that's, that's a 10 minute battle scene. Just start fighting, stop negotiating. There's and it's a, like, oh, wait, there's another battle scene. Oh, there's more negotiating. 
But there's some aspects of this film that did not show up in high points. As the film goes on, the aspects that have not been mentioned so far get longer, and there's more of them. And here's more of these bits that we've not mentioned in the high points. And it's like yep. the film, the second half of the film is twice as long as the first half of the film. <laughs> like it's, it just drags and drags and drags. Uh, so aside from the length, which again, I apologise. I apologise to two of you as soon as I found out, which was just before I started watching it. My first low point. The uh, the no when the nobleman comes to claim Tommy Flanagan's new wife via prima nocta, and then the whole thing goes slow mo, and then some flute music plays, and she <laughs> very willingly just decides to go. Like it's immediately she's like, oh yeah, I'll go. Yeah, but I see you later, Tommy. You're, you're <laughs> yeah, but if you've met but... Tommy Flanagan, it's probably probably the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm a crazy man. <laughs> <laughs> but that brings uh, me on to my next point, where is it Rapey Smythe? <laughs> He's like, he's just talking to him, going, I'll help you with that. And he goes, oh, you remind me of my daughter. I'm going to rape you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was weird. <laughs> Gary stuff. Like, then you guys are fucked up. Uh. <laughs> uh, speaking of Wallace's wife, one of my low points is, specifically for her, but a lot of them, but mainly her, her perfect teeth do not fit the character she's playing. Like, she has Catherine McCormack, probably the best set of teeth I've ever seen on an actress in Hollywood. She's playing... <laughs> This absolute lowest of the low commoner living in the mud in Scotland that doesn't can't read and all that stuff, but she can floss and have an electric toothbrush. dentistry back there. Yeah, Robert the Bruce, he had really good teeth, but at least he's a nobleman living in a castle, whereas she was nothing. It's like, no, your teeth are too nice. This is too Hollywood for me. Uh, any other low points? Uh, Andrew's right. already mentioned it. I've, well, you go for one because I've got a rant. Well, I've got to say uh, the Battle of Stirling Bridge. With no bridge. Crucial that the Battlesling Bridge had a bridge. It was very important to the battle. It's why Scotland That's how they won fucking won it. Battle, yes. <laughs> and Scotland had the high ground, Anakin, in that battle as well. So, and in this film, they didn't. They had to run up the hill against the English for some reason. So, yeah. Uh, Mel Gibson says it was literally done because the bridge, ironically, got in the way when they were filming it. So they were like, yeah, we'll just do it on an open plane. We can't do it with a bridge. It gets in the way. So we'll just change how the battle happened. We'll just change history for this film. <laughs> yeah, which he admits they did in very many interviews. He's like, yeah, well, we used the Hollywood license. We just it's based on stuff but we wanted to make an interesting film like it's not a case of we don't want to tell history we wanted to make a film with a, a story and a message and a meaning and all that stuff and that's just what they did but yeah the, this battle of Stirling bridge crucially had a bridge in it which is not in the film uh, on that front one of my i've trust me i am the son of a history teacher who gave me a long list of everything that's wrong with this film. <laughs> that's coming later but one of my low points was york exclamation point William Wallace never got anywhere near York in his entire life. At one point, he sacks the castle of York. I think he was never south of Carlisle in his entire life or something like that, William Wallace, as leader of Scotland. So the Scottish army never made it to, to Yorkshire. So that was that, that was so big a made-up leap of faith that I had at my low points. Uh, Andy, do you want to go on a rant? Right, strap in. This could be the worst rant I've ever done in a long time. Right. It was one of Chrissy's high points. However, it is one of my lowest of low points. And as a Scotsman, it is the most cringy thing in the world. And it is William Wallace's freedom speech. Oh, really? It is. This is high point as well. I'm, I'm actually, right, yeah. Right. It fucking narks me off to no <laughs> end. Because every Bell End wannabe Scotsman 
always goes freedom. So your English cunts that want to be Scottish always go freedom. Every wank stain around the world that says Scotland, freedom. The Scottish independence refer referendum three years ago was pretty much the tagline. Yeah. The future referendum freedom that's happening <laughs> now is going to be the motherfucking tagline. You even mentioned it. It's in football games. Yeah. It yeah. is the most annoying thing as a proper <laughs> regular Joe, not a patriotic moron Scotsman, annoys the shit out of me. You go on holiday and, like, and you announce that you're Scottish, you say, oh, Braveheart, freedom. It, it ha happens everywhere and it has always narked the shit out of me. It's just like, one, if you're Scottish, don't fucking do that because you're a cunt. Two, if you're not Scottish, don't fucking do that because <laughs> Scottish people don't fucking like it either. <laughs> The only people that fucking like it are people that actually like this film. Yeah, yeah. But it is it annoys me. It just is it's fucked up and it should be wiped off the history books. It's a, it is the problem when it's the most single famous thing a country about a country. Which is why I think as I, I'm not don't want to speak for you, so you can't disagree. I think personally for me, as a Scottish people, why we've adopted groundskeeper Willie so much, because <laughs> We see more of ourselves in Groundskeeper Willie. Like, ah, yeah, he can be what Scotland is. If you're like, you're from Scotland, yeah, yeah. Groundskeeper Willie, yes, that's right. Not Braveheart, yeah. not Freedom. Yeah. Groundskeeper Willie, that's fine. Yeah, like, not all of us want freedom. I know there's a lot of cunts right now who want freedom again and they don't fucking know what they're talking about because can you not see what happened? This film, <laughs> we want freedom. We have to go through this shit again if Scottish people want freedom. No, thank you. Can we not just all get along? Look at fucking Ukraine and Russia. If they just got fucking along, they'd be all right. Let's just be a united fucking world. Let's not be Russia. Don't be fucking invading shit. We don't need to start a war that's not like, we're fine. We're all good. That was part of it. That's exactly what happens. Scottish, Scottish people vote independence and then suddenly none of your English companies, none of your EU companies all come up to Scotland and they're like, oh shit. Then we're all living in fucking mud huts and shit like that because they've turned the fucking power off because they're run by some French company. <laughs> it's like we're fucked. If you vote independence, you're a fucking moron. And if you shout the word freedom, you're getting punched in the fucking face. There we go. <laughs> uh, okay then, back to some more. <laughs> Can't really follow that. The whole... The whole French princess arc is unnecessary. Yeah. It does not need to be in the film. And why does he bang her? Like, does he bang everybody that moves? Uh, I saw, this is not my, I saw someone else writing this. Uh, what was it? I'm doing this for my dead wife. Quote, William Wallace, balls deep in a French princess. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can't remember who said that. But yeah, it's, like, it doesn't really matter for the film. Anything that she does doesn't matter. You could easily just have evil king versus evil or good guy upriser. And also, like I said, because it's a complete fabrication, he never met the girl. The girl would be someone like five or six years yeah. old in reality. They would never. So I don't know why she has to be involved whatsoever. And why I don't... does he have to bang her? Yeah. It really takes. Like, William Wallace up to that point was all right. You're a pretty good character. I'm kind of behind you. I understand a little bit of your independence, not freedom independence but yeah I'm like I'm with him I'm with him like I'm behind his story but then he goes and bangs a French person I was like well you didn't give a shit about your wife you've just went on this rampage because you're a fucking prick you were trying to get some poontang on the battlefield that's all you were doing the uh but yeah take that out there's, there's four or five minutes gone yeah. I also noticed in the recent, like, I think it even take out uh, 
Prince Edward as well, King Edward II, because he's just, I don't know why, he's, other than just to irritate the king, why is he there? I know it's like to, to drive on the, he needs to make sure his everything's in order because he doesn't have a son who's going to give him a son, if you know what I'm saying. But yeah, take him out as well. There's no need for this entire side storyline. The actor who played the prince is only in one other thing other than Braveheart, so they don't have his career either. So um, yeah, just get rid of that storyline. That's a third of the film gone, and you're, you're laughing. Uh, and my final low point, Robert Bruce portraying William Wallace, which absolutely did not happen at yep. all, not happen, for him then to just immediately unbetray him straight afterwards <laughs> on the battlefield that he just betrayed him on. In this like, film, he was just so unlikable, like, yeah. He's supposed yeah, to be like a Scottish outlaw hero and king and all that. Yeah, you're, you're, you want to like Robert the Bruce, and it's like the scenes with his weird leopard dad. It's like, all right, you can, you can kind of see, like, you know, right? Okay, I'm, I'm right. You're going to do good. You're going to turn. And it doesn't. It's just like you're a dick. Yeah. And really let's face it, you all seen the, the end when he's like, all right, I'm going to go meet. Almost like, oh, so that's a bad idea. That's a trap. That's a trap. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, it's a trap. That's like probably my last point. It's all the treachery. I don't know how much of it was true or not, but you couldn't trust anybody. No. Why would anyone trust everyone? Because anytime you trust someone, it goes wrong for them. It's <laughs> so bad. However, 100%, if I was a nobleman and somebody offered me a shit ton of gold and some land, I'm taking it. As much <laughs> land as England as you have in Scotland, yeah. <laughs> Fuck freedom. I'll take some gold, some women, and some land. I'm, what do you want? Yeah. I'll surrender. No problem. Uh, is that us for low points then? Yeah. Uh, right. Historical inaccuracies that have not been mentioned. William Wallace wasn't just a commoner. He was also of noble births or something like that. His dad was a knight. Like he was not just a common man living in a mud hut. Far too early for anyone to be wearing kilts or even wearing tartan. That would not have been invented yet. Bagpipes wouldn't be banned for at least 600 years after this. So the whole band music on band instruments isn't true. It would also have been a, a very. Oh, because at the beginning, what are they doing, Dad, at the funeral? Oh, they're banding pipes. Oh, band okay. on band pipes or something like that. It would be a long time since anyone would have gone into battle in Scotland wearing face paint. That was a very much an old-fashioned thing, even in 1200, whatever. The date the film starts is nearly 75 years before England had any involvement in Scotland. So at the beginning of the film, all these English landowners are there. That's not even 70 years within happening yet. The I know. Well, Wallace's execution, they didn't die at exactly the same time. So that's another one. And just a strange one, it's not quite as important. Braveheart was originally a nickname for Robert the Bruce. And it's I knew that it, one. He gave it to William Wallace instead. Yep. Uh, but yes, and other inaccuracies right. mentioned so far. I've got one that you've missed out. Okay. It's the most important one of them all. Mm -hmm. So William Wallace, Wallace? <laughs> <laughs> William Wallace's best friend wasn't a guy called Hamish. It was a guy called Andrew Murray. Ah, yes. Uh -huh. And Andrew Murray is famous for killing an Englishman, skinning him, and making a leather sword sheath for <laughs> Ron Wallace. Ah, I see. Okay. Have you, have you descended from him? Are you the 17th? I think so. Descended from cycles. <laughs> I reckon so. It would explain a lot. <laughs> there you so go. Yeah, fun fact for you. Andrew Murray was his best friend. Not okay. Mentioned. On to point four then, some more facts, the stats from Braveheart. 
one shit and two F-bombs. Both F-bombs were from Crazy Steven, the Irish guy. And the one shit was really just randomly and kind of passing. But that's it. Three swears of that kind of uh, level in the whole film. Zero explosions. A lot of fire, but none of it's really an explosion. There's like a bit of fire back in those days. That was like the, uh, the, the that was like the gun back then. So, oh, you can't pyro. Yeah, can't come back from that. Deaths. 198 was my best guess of what I could see happening. However, 5,000 English soldiers died at the Battle of Southern Bridge, and a total of 4,000 soldiers died at the Battle of Falkirk. So it could be 9,198, uh, depending on if we're going... Some fire, most, is it, a planet got destroyed. Yeah, the whole of Earth, the population of Earth got wiped out in the Starship Troopers, which will never be beaten, I don't think. <laughs> Until we do Avengers and Fit. <laughs> which even then is that a death we don't know but yeah I think I counted about 198 happening on screen which was tough our quotas cows several goats several dead animal dozens of horses <laughs> um, I had known I did not know about the mechanical horses they had for this film like none yeah, of the yeah they want to actually do any dangerous shit with them yeah not, not one dangerous bad thing happened to a horse and apparently Mel Gibson had a bet that if you could come up to him and tell him where they used a fake horse he would give you five bucks or something like that and he said uh, there's definitely one when they <laughs> smashed that guy <laughs> in the face with a thing and Go jumped tell out the window yeah five bucks uh, but yeah, the, the one where he's riding his horse around in the house and yeah. he jumps into the water. It's like dead, clearly it's a dead, not a dead, like fake horse falling. Yeah, that's the, what I meant. But uh, all right, that was, I thought you meant in battle when he was bashing people's faces. And yes, him definitely uh, was was a fake horse. Uh, defecation and pissing and all that sort of stuff. None I could find. Nothing too like graphic. Surely one of those guys by behind Andy shit themselves. Oh, the definitely. But none of none definitely of got a wiping problem. <laughs> Nothing implied or displayed. Uh, pedophiles, well, at least the guy we mentioned earlier, yeah. you look like my daughter, and Princess Isabel would have been very young. Uh, so, William <laughs> <laughs> Wallace is a pedo. William Wallace might have been. Uh, the devil wasn't there. KKK Nazi weren't invented yet. Uh, right, this is another thing I, did. I thought I'll track the Scottish accents. Okay, how many good ones, how many bad ones there are. It, it's come out tied. There's an equal amount. There's nine good and nine bad. However, I haven't put Mel Gibson in this yet. So, which side is Mel Gibson's Scottish accent going? Which way is this film swaying? It's, it's, it's not Highland, or it's, Yeah. I would say he's actually pretty and then good. again, it seems to go a little bit Irish, but... Uh, yeah. The, that was one of, my, a good one. one of my complaints is, had I even googled, was William Wallace's father Irish? He was not, because that guy who plays, played his dad was going full Irish with his accent. So he was not an Irish guy. So like, he's a bad accent. But yeah, okay, well... <laughs> I thought he was pretty good. In most of the film, he's fine as Mel Gibson. It's, it's serviceable. So there are. Well, he doesn't least... use the word silly wee haggis. <laughs> silly wee haggis. He's no Connor McLeod. Uh, yeah, he's, he's better than some in the film. And do they say the thing? Do they say Braveheart? Nah. No. They don't, of course, because he wasn't called Braveheart. So yeah, it's just the title of the film. Chris, any stats from you? I struggled to find stats. I'm going to count one nut shot, not including the other naked balls behind Andy when they do the first time. I'm pretty sure Stephen stabbed somebody through the bollocks. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does, definitely. Okay, yeah, well, there, there you go, one nut shot. Uh, is that you? How oh, is that? I don't know what else to count. I, th I thought one of you might have done arses or, or knobs or something like that. I mean, how many people are in the, the fight? There you go. I don't two. even remember the tallywhackers, though. I, yeah. I do not remember that full front of one. Well, I, I don't, I don't the remember the first one. No, yeah. I, said, I, never, I never remembered that bit. <laughs> uh, okay, Andy, is that your most pornographic scene or have you got a different one? <laughs> well, as much as I like seeing a sea of asses, I do like Moron's tits. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah. By the river, 
the uh, there's nothing the, there's nothing better than a sun kissed titty. I mean a moon kiss, sorry. Moon kiss, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Okay then. Uh, on to point five on the podcast, the ten point podcast quiz. Andy is our quiz master and he's pre-warned us that it is good, therefore I am worried. Right. So this one is called Big Yins and Wee Yins. Okay. And it's basically is William Wallace a big yin or a wee yin compared to these certain things that I'm going to tell you? So it it's it's like dinkier than Dinklage. Yeah. But bigger or smaller than William Wallace. So we so, are comparing them to him or him to them. It's it's it basically is it is it, are these things bigger, bigger or than smaller him. than fictional William Wallace's size of seven foot in this movie? Right, seven foot. Yeah. So seven foot. Oh, is right, okay. Benchmark. I'm glad you said that because I thought you were so, going to his actual size of. So say it was like the Empire State Building. I would say that is a big yin. Is that what? That's a big yin. Okay. Yeah. And, and if, you said Peter, Peter, if you said Peter Dinklage, he's Wee a wee-in. Right, okay. Right? Big-in, wee-in. So we'll start off with... It's surely me to go first. Chris always goes first, so I'll go right, first. We'll go with you, Bruce. William Wallace, so seven foot, fictional size. That is his fictional height. Everything's in foot, by the way. Foot and inches. Uh, so you can add inches as well if you want to be more accurate. Is William Wallace a big-in or a wee-in compared to the biggest haggis ever made? Again, it, you've already confused me with the way you've asked the question there. <laughs> uh, I've got to say, the biggest haggis ever made is... Is he a, bigger or... Is, is that bigger or smaller than yes, William Wallace? It is a wee-in compared to William Wallace. You would be wrong. Ah. The biggest haggis on record was made by Hall's Haggis in 2014, and it was... 12 foot 2 inches. Jesus. That was a, that was a big one. Small I could feed the whole army. That was, that was a big one. Right. Chris, the average Highland coup. That's <laughs> a wee You are correct. It is a wee That is four foot. From, from toe to head, not from tail. Yes, not from head. legs, from toe <laughs> to head. Height. Bruce. Robert the Bruce, was ah. he a big yin or a wee yin? It's a fictional height. I'm going to say he's a wee yin. He is a wee yin. He was five foot eight. Was he? I'm taller than Robert the Bruce. Chris, Ebenezer Place in Wick is the shortest street in Scotland. But is it a big yin or a wee yin? Ah. What? Ebenezer Place is the smallest, well, shortest street in Scotland. Oh, right, okay. I'm going to say it's a big one. It is a wee one. It was actually weeer than fictional height of William Wallace by one inch. Oh, is it? <laughs> Unlucky. Bruce, the biggest deep fried pizza. Yeah, I got the last food one. Now, if a haggis can be seven, no, uh, 12 feet, wasn't it? For the haggis? Uh, the, haggis was, the haggis was nine foot two inches. Oh, I'm surely a big one, the, the pizza, surely. It is a big one. It was 23.4 foot <laughs> and it was deep fried in Italy. It was made by the Italians, was that one? Yeah. Chris, Andrew Murray. <laughs> oh no. What, you or his friend Andrew Murray? <laughs> or the tennis player <laughs> Andrew Murray? <laughs> I was the wee Yeah, it was actually me. Yeah, I'm only oh. six foot. William Wallace was an extra foot higher than me. 
Bruce, mm-hmm. a Clydesdale horse. Oh. And the tallest Clydesdale horse right. on record. Seven feet. Ah, surely then. Uh, Biggin. It's not as a wee and it was six oh. feet six oh, inches. Oh, I would have said Biggin. I'd have thought seven feet would be quite easy for a, a big horse. Mm-hmm. Chris, seven two litre bottles of Iron Brew. <laughs> Did you test this yourself? Big one. <laughs> <laughs> it is a big one. It is seven foot, seven point eight inches. Uh, what's the scores? <laughs> uh, Chris is one up on me. Him, if I even know. Right. Bruce, Sean Connery. Ah, oh, he's not seven feet tall. We in. He is a wee and he's six Unless, six inches. The fictional height, Sean Connery. Chris, if you get this, it's basically cemented. Um, yeah. Or even at the moment. So. Right. Oh. So, Chris, you need this to win or it's a tie. This oh, is to win. More questions. The length of material used in a standard kilt. Chris will know this. He's a, a common kilt wearer, as Chris. Is it a big one or a wee one? Seven feet. Uh, big one. It is a big one. It's nine foot to 12 foot in. Um, Two inches for some reason. There you go. Chris is the winner. So he's a he's a winner of the big win. We in most his big wins. Yeah. <laughs> I had I a think... pack there with a kilt. I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll update us on the pointies of whether Chris won the quiz for the season, but I really feel like he has in quite a landslide. I don't think I won many, even with the cheating that Andy does some weeks. <laughs> uh, on to point six then. Movies within movies, possibly for the last time in its current uh, iteration, because we're slowly retiring all the different aspects of movies within movies. So, parodies and references. For me, a very tough one right here. Uh, one, I, one I spotted was Star Wars, which was jumping some soldiers off screen and then coming back on the screen wearing their uniform, like they do in Star Wars. <laughs> they go back and Stormtroopers, William Wallace did it as, a, as I guess, English soldiers in their yeah. yellow. And then two that the internet tells me, Spartacus, which I can see how that might be referenced, and Conan the Barbarian, which was chopping the horse's legs so that the enemy falls off the horse. That's in that film too. But other than that, not much in the way of references, really. This is kind of its own sort of thing. Never not good. Evil Englishmen is never <laughs> not good. They're all, they always play the best baddies. Uh, and that's me. Movies within movies, maybe my aspect's gone completely. We'll soon find out. Chris, 10-point podcast universe. Uh, I thought this was going to be more than what I actually had, but there was somebody called uh, Rana Morrison. She was uncredited lady at the wedding. There's a lot of uncredited, by the way. I gave up She was <laughs> also uncredited female... Oh, shit, I didn't put where the film was from. <laughs> She's uncredited female evacuee. Now, what kind of film? What was her name again? Rana, did you say? Rana, yeah. I'll have a look for her. Carry on with your rest and I'll try yeah, to Yeah, anyway, she's been in 50 roles and every single one of them has been uncredited. So she's getting a bit of a shout out here. That's <laughs> somebody just went on IMDb and just yeah. tied himself into films. <laughs> into our favourite films. Uh, fuck, I can't remember what film it was. What was her name? Morrison. Morrison, yeah. Uh, okay, I'll carry on just now. Mm-hmm. Arnold Monte. Uh, he was a royal steward, also uncredited. Uh, was uncredited overseer in Django Unchained. Uh, Richard Leaf, uh, the governor of York, was the neighbour in Fifth Element, the guy that holds him up with the crazy eyes. Yeah, I never knew that, but now I, I can't unsee it. Uh, our guy Tommy Flanagan, uh, I only know him as Groom, but apparently his name is Morrison. Uh, yeah. He was in Face Off as Leo. 
sure he was in something else, but it didn't. Yeah, I, I felt like when we did him in Face Off, we'd done him before, but I couldn't yeah. find it either. Yeah, uh, Rana Patterson was female evacuee in episode two of the Ten Point Podcast. Doom. She was. That was hey. it. I knew it because I was going to make this big thing about this film. Doom's never came up again, and I yeah. forgot to put it in. And that's probably at least ten years after she was a Braveheart. But I think it said that she was like a location in location management, so she maybe just gets stuck in the background. Maybe that's why she's always uncredited. Uh, Brendan Gleeson was he well, him dog. Uh, he was the general in Edge of Tomorrow, and it was Frank in Twenty Eight Days Later, yeah. which that's twice this season he's making a made appearance. my picks. This he was the one that I predicted was going to come up in Braveheart, right? Because I that's what I guessed you were going to do this. Um, oh, Mel Gibble Gibson. Yeah, William Wallace. I forgot about this one, but I mean, he there's... played himself in Casper. Yeah, I can't remember the context. I remember him and some other things in, in, in the mirror. Right. Yeah, he changed his face and stuff. That, he does, yeah. uh, is it Rodney Dangerfield as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And uh, James Cosmo, he was his dad. He was pretty much, like we said before, same the same character, character in Highlander. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wasn't listening at the beginning, Chris. Did you mention Malcolm Tierney? Because so, I did not hear you say Malcolm no, Tierney. Uh, Malcolm yeah, Tierney. I did. Totally did. No, he didn't. Uh, he, was, sure he, was. he was Magistrate, which I believe is the guy who got his throat slit. He was uncredited, however, has a character name as Lieutenant Shan Childson in Star Wars Episode 4 A New Hope. So I'm assuming. Ah, oh, fuck, that's why I was looking for the actual name of A New Hope. I just fucking rattled through that one. I missed that one. All right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, apparently he was in that, but uncredited with a character name somehow. We know how Star Wars is. But I think he named all the rest that I picked out. Richard Leaf with his crazy eyes. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I know him from something. I could not place it. And then, yeah, I found out that it was Fifth Element. Recast us, Chris. Have you done that? I have. I could have put us as absolutely anybody. Yeah. But um, I see Andy as Hamish purely I because um, I, don't know, I just pick a like, trick of rocks at people and just. Yeah. Punching people, like you said before, for just he's got major issues. Um, um, purely because your name is Bruce, I was gonna put you as Robert the Bruce. Me too. That was my thinking as well. <laughs> and uh, because I could be a bit of a wild card, I see myself as Stephen. Yeah, that made you think as well. <laughs> I'm probably the guy who just stands there and goes, There's somebody coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there we go. Snap. I think that might be the first time we've actually nailed all three at the same time. Uh, Andy, have you done any recasting? Right. The best recast is to change William Wallace for a, a, another actor. However, before I mention the actor, this caused a five-minute debate in this household oh. because I was watching it and I was like, this is right in the freedom speech when it pans across everybody. And I was like, that's that's him. Which I doesn't know. It's not. It's like, no, that's, that's 100% so I had to rewind it back pans across again i froze it it doesn't jump up and down it's proper just 100 percent swear to god it is 100 percent who i'd recast as william wallace gerard butler ah is he in this is he no <laughs> <laughs> however his doubles in it right. i mean like gerard butler how he looks now imagine just pick him out and put him into 1995 there's a guy when it pans along when he's doing the horsey back and forth thing it's Gerard Butler, 110%. <laughs> but I would have Gerard Butler play William Wallace. I think, basically, he played uh, Leonidas in 300 because they'd already yes. made it part, really. If this film had come out that year, then Gerard That's exactly Butler. what I was thinking. Like, it's, it's an absolute but but I'm swearing he's in it. You go back and watch it, he's in it. 
it might be. I think the, uh, the only downside would be, that, oh, the only negative to your argument would be it was in Ireland and they mainly got Irish actors to yeah. fill out the background. But and they would have been like half age. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, 1995. I'm not sure how old he would be in 1995. But, uh, he yeah. definitely, but, I mean, he looks like a 40 to 50 year old Joe <laughs> <laughs> Butler. The ghost, the, the time travelling <laughs> Butler or something like that. Point seven on the podcast. Chris's would you rather? Chris's hypothetical idea that we should come up with an answer for Chris. What's no, I would not go for Scottish independence. <laughs> <laughs> this one was brutal. I tell you, I could, I struggled for this one, and I eventually settled on: Would you rather have uh, fireballs from your eyes or lightning bolts from your arses? <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I could lightning bolts from my arse because that'd be pretty cool. I don't well, think. I think lightning bolts, like lightning bolts from your arse, that has to hurt. Whereas fireballs from your eyes, I feel like it's gonna, it would be going away. Like the fire yeah, would be but just, No, but think all the times that you burn your eyelashes and your <laughs> eyebrows and it would smell because it's near your nose. So you'd always smell yeah. burning hair. I'm like more thinking about the fact that I fart a lot. So if I'm sitting there and I fart and my kid walks past, it is getting shot with lightning. So <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say fireballs. I, I can fireball. just look away. But in, in this climate, farting like lightning bolts, you could power a generator. <laughs> just aim it out of socket. <laughs> How much wattage do you want? <laughs> I need some more eggs and beans. Come on. <laughs> okay. Then. Scottish power. <laughs> That's real Scottish power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On to point eight. The nominations for the Ten Point Podcast Pointy Awards. This is the final set of nominees to go into the the pot. To decide who wins the awards. Uh, I'll run through what I've got, but I don't have a huge amount this week. Um, best animal, William Wallace's horse, especially when he rides it around in a guy's house. I thought it was a well-behaved animal. He also did well to get it back after that battle. He whacked it on the arse and ran in, <laughs> and then he has the same horse later on, so it means it, it hung around for him, which I thought was uh, was pretty good. It's, I think I saw it in the trivia, but I also noticed that you can notice whenever he starts shouting on the back of the horse, the horse is like, Ugh! yeah, anytime he's like, it gets more yeah, the, like the horse just does not keep, does not stop moving, doesn't like let him know. I don't going. think I had any control in that speech. He was going with that horse while you Yeah, <laughs> the camera had to follow him. Uh, best team, I've gone for Scotland. They were the best team. I thought they were definitely more more unified. Best costume or fashion item is definitely him with the, the face paint. The uh, I, this is the first time I've probably looked at it to see what the pattern is. I thought it wasn't painted white; it was just his skin. But I think it must have had to come off at that point. But yeah, half blue and not quite half white. It's a really good look. It I'll, annoys I'll, me the, why they didn't just do, you said half blue, half white, but they I think put it, like an extra blue bit at his ear. I like that better. I think it looks, it look, he looks yeah. less like an American football fan that way. It looks more like <laughs> I'm going into battle. This is a sort of a, a sharp thing on my face. Apparently he wanted to have the saltire uh, on his face, but the production designer also said, said to him, no, no, this will be better. Go for this. It's less a flag, more of a war statement or something like that. Best fight, the Battle of Sterling. No bridge. Best best plan, I think the actual plan at the Battle of Stirling, where it's like you pretend to run away and come around behind them. Uh, although the Battle of Falkirk, the English plan of let's just murder our own team, seemed to be uh, quite successful. But the, in terms of return on bodies, the Battle of Stirling had more deaths, so they were more successful. Best Jimmy, James Cosmo, not many nominees for that this year, but I think he's been nominated twice. Worst father figure, Robert Bruce Senior. Yeah, he's definitely the worst father figure in this film. Everybody else is quite good for their. Everything he did was to try and aid his son, so he was kind of trying to help him. Yeah, he was trying to set him up for this life. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fair enough. I thought it was horrible. Uh, we're going King Edward the First then. Is he a worst father figure? Aye. Uh, no. 
What's accent? I've gone William Wallace's dad because he sounded Irish and he was not an Irishman. But if you've got a, a better one, uh, go for it. Uh, worst twist: Robert the Bruce's betrayal because it didn't happen, and then he completely unbetrayed him immediately afterwards, <laughs> which is just a horrible twist. That's a, that's a twisted twist. Uh, most unexpected, but also kind of expected, Brian Cox showing up in this film because he is in everything, but I didn't think he was in this, and then he disappears again, so he's not really in it. I went is... for Peter Mullen. Yeah, who we've not mentioned so far, quite a big actor, and probably yeah. wouldn't be quite a big actor at the time as well. And he's yeah. barely. I'm putting Gerard Butler in there. Gerard Butler, <laughs> <of course. laughs> just showing up in the background. <laughs> uh, and the last one for me, Bess Bellend, King Edward the First, very good performance uh, by the chap whose name Patrick McGoohan, whose name I keep forgetting. And that's my last nominee. Uh, Chris, any more from you? I don't know if this is a controversial. I'm the best actor, Mel Gibson. He does a good <laughs> Scottish accent. Uh, he was, he's, he's all right. He's all right. He's all right. Hey, I don't hey. think I don't think I'll make the cut, but he's all right. Who's um, done best cameo? Best plan? My worst plan was going to the original meeting without any weapons. It was very obviously a trap. Or Wallace going to the meeting with the Bruce, which was also yeah. very obvious. I'm yeah. going to say that was the worst plan actually. Yeah, I was thinking about it. Um, betrayed a few times. Yeah. <laughs> My biggest bell end. I, like it was close. Between like Bruce's dad, not your actual dad. But who did you see got at Longshanks? Uh yeah, but I went best bail. I, I you've invented biggest bail end, I think it means most It's the same thing, I think. Right, okay. Well best I think is the best villain as King Edward the First. Ah, okay, I'll go for that. Um the most annoying kid was that creepy ghost kid. Me as a kid. <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot. None of the kids were too annoying, actually. Oh, that's what yeah. I say. Young Amish looks like John Connor's ginger pal in Terminator 2. But... <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I could unsee it when I see that. Young Hamish. I don't think if you mentioned it, my best death, I'm going to go for him getting lobbed at the window. Right, okay, that's a good one. Yeah, I couldn't decide on it. There's just there were so many kind of entertaining yeah. deaths, and they all happened. Like, I was, I'm counting them during the battles, and I'm always oh, heads got off. And, oh, see, that, I'm, going, I'm going best death, William Wallace. I was, I was an emotional death. I if I had, it was emotional. If I'd seen what's happened, it would have got the best death. I think so. That might be a difference maker. But personally, probably I'd gone for something in the battles that happened. It was exciting. But him getting lobbed at the window, I did not anticipate it. I quite, I quite enjoyed the, the shock value. Um, I'm going to give it the best soundtrack, Braveheart. And the best song in general was the Braveheart theme. <laughs> I, I formed a theory during watching this film that bagpipes are only good when you're in the where the bag, bagpipes are. Like, bagpipes in music bagpipes in recording studios don't sound as good as when you're with some bagpipes. In fact, yeah, apparently they weren't bagpipes. It was an Irish um, pipe or something like that. Ah, okay. Right, maybe also, that's fun fact for you, Chris. Chris, you remember that day at work when we listened to Scottish music for like four hours? Amazing. And it, it was all bagpipe covers and stuff like that. And then that delivery guy came in and we had it belting out. And he was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. I tell you, bad. I used to have to listen to this at work years ago. Red Hot Chili Pipers. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's, that's what we're listening to. Yeah. yeah. It's like metal songs, but with bagpipes. Yeah. And stuff like that. They're actually really good. Okay, I'll take that. It must have been whatever Irish pipe it was that they played for the soundtrack. Yeah. But yeah, it was just, it was kind of grating. The actual, I don't orchestral cinema score was really good, but as soon as the bagpipes kind of cut in, it was just, doesn't sound right. But yeah, it's a good score. Uh, my best entrance is uh, Wallace's entrance at the Battle of Starling. I suppose, yeah. That's if everyone's yeah. running away. Yeah. Uh, my best quote was, I love you. Always have. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear it without laughing. <laughs> uh, and that was it. Uh, any more from you, Andy? 
I think the only thing I'm adding in is uh, Best Twist, the Battlestar on Bridge. Didn't have a bridge. Didn't see that coming. On to point nine then, the moral of the story, what the lesson we're supposed to learn from the film Braveheart was. Uh, has anyone wanted to go in with theirs first? I've got um, If you go into a film about history and a historic figure, keep the fucking history in the film. Don't <laughs> take bridges out or make fabricate relationships just to it does seem interesting enough, doesn't it? It's like, why change yeah. it from an already seemingly quite interesting story into something that's completely false? Uh, I've gone for, we all end up dead. It's just a matter of how and why. That seems to be the lesson I was supposed to take from the film. And Andy, what's your moral story? Freedom isn't free. <laughs> not free. <laughs> um, that's a good one. It's not. On to the 10th point. It's the 10 point rating where we rate the film out of 10. I've picked it, so I get to go first. I've not written a wee story here, so I'm going to do it off the top of my head. Too long would be the beginning of it anyway. It doesn't need to be three hours. A third of the story is irrelevant and made up and totally not necessary. If they'd cut it at the like as hour and three quarter mark, I would have given it maybe an eight, maybe a nine, depending how patriotic it was that day. So half the film is good, and some aspects of it I am fond of all in that, so I rounded my five up to a six, so I give it a six out of ten for Braveheart. Because actually it's better than I thought it was going to be, in all honesty. I remember it being a bit worse than it was. Uh, Chris, I've got you go next. You go next. Um, this is just going to make no sense. I've given Andrew's big uh, rant he had, but ignoring the, the glaring historical inaccuracies for a moment, I, I challenge any Scottish person not to feel patriotic watching this film. But Andrew's going to has already kind of vetoed that thing. So uh, the battles are just epic. And I like the score. Uh, it was just awesome. Um, like I said, like, in my moral, you can't do just a historic film. Just say 10, film. your bell end. It's not a 10. Like, you can't do an historic film and just take out the fucking facts and just, yeah, just yeah. to please your own agenda or whatever it is. So um, I guess a 7 for me. Seven. I do want to point out, I've given this a 6, which I think is a higher rating than I gave Highlander. But Highlander is like, in my, I can't stop thinking of Highlander. I think I like Highlander better than this, but this is better than Highlander, if you know what I'm saying. So, Andy, what's your score? I hate this film. Like, oh, really? Okay. I always hated this film. Like, I, I don't know, even like, even back when I was a kid, I seen this film for the first time. And I hated it. I was just like, this is long. This is boring. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about Scotland. Oh my God. And it's just like, it made me anti Scottish. Scottish person. <laughs> like, it, 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 don't know. It, this film, just every single time I put it on, it just makes me angry. Every single time. But I love the battles. They're, they're amazing. Mel Gibson's pretty good. I hate the word freedom ever, like, because of this God, film. I absolutely fucking hate it. Um, and yeah, I think this could be the most racist film ever made. Um, so I'm giving it a three. Ah, that was a bonus point or not at the end there, the way he was talking. No, it's definitely <laughs> the most racist film I've ever seen in my life. Uh, can you define that or explain? Yeah, or you... because literally this is what everybody thinks Scottish people are. Ah, we don't okay. all run around wearing kilts. kilts yeah. We don't all run around just with our knackers and asses ready to be thingied. We don't all live in mud huts and stuff like that and have perfect teeth and shit. <laughs> uh, we don't go and put blue face paint and shit on all the time. And that was, Haggis, I, I wasn't, was Haggis wasn't represented. That by the for this. <laughs> Jade was insisting I do it. I'm not putting blue face paint on. Oh, you should do but, it. I'm not blue face paint on. <laughs> but yeah, I don't all the way hate this film, but I don't know. I just... It just seems like it's racist. Like, it's white racism for Scottish people personified. We, uh, we, we do point out other... 
we uh, we point out I've seen a xenophobic. Yeah. We point out in other films. We should point out not one black actor or Hispanic actor in this entire film. Uh, <laughs> it kind of makes sense because Scotland is the most racist country ever. <laughs> I mean, I don't think there were too many uh, in the country at that time. But uh, yeah, <laughs> who do point it out? There we go. Uh, five is the official rating for Braveheart, which I think is probably about right. I would say five. It's uh, we're not. We're not all we're not all self-hating Scots like Andy, but it's there's definitely room for improvement. I think I don't know if they would make Highlander one. is near a perfect representation Highlander. of Scotland. <laughs> I really, I need to watch it honestly. The the point is I'm just going to talk about Highlander the whole time. Well, I was going to say would this change your score if it wasn't for the fact that like the referendums and stuff, like because nope. overuse the word freedom. I, nope, I hated it. Like before the referendum, yeah. there was even a referendum. I just I hated this film. <laughs> and like I said, and it is because I think it was one of the first holidays I went out on. It's just like, you know, you know, like everybody's done it. You go on holiday, you get your either Scottish football shirt or your Scottish rugby shirt. You buy it. You're not even a fan. Like you wear it. You go I remember on. Spain being bad for that. Aye. On holiday. And it's just like, no, you don't need to go and get some Scottish shorts. You don't have to be a prick. It's like, stop it. People don't give a shit to your Scottish. It's like the English. They fucking do it as well. Yeah. It's just a national thing. Welsh, they fucking go and get their fucking dragon on and fucking fly a flag for their dragon. Irish, they're always drinking fucking Guinness. What is wrong with the United Kingdom? I don't see a Spanish person going out with a fucking like thingy hat on. Not Mexican, Mexican hat on. You were going to say uh, <laughs> uh, What do you call it? The little gold thingy hats. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't really call them. The Ma- Matador hat and their cape. Yeah. You don't see them rocking that when they go on holiday. But for some reason, every United Kingdom country does it. So, I don't know, this film just angers me because of that shit. Yeah. Uh, that was the end of my theme, which was Scotland. It was literally done because I was picking Braveheart in episode 100. Uh, I am not sure if that's going to be the end of my theme, so whether I'll keep going or not. But I got there by the skin of my teeth. Thankfully, that Scottish actor was in 28 Days Later. Uh, I might have got Brendan Gleeson. He might have counted since he was in Braveheart. Um, but that's us for season five. Any end of season five thoughts that won't spoil the pointies at all? What's your... Highlander's it for me. Like that, This season is... I can't stop thinking about Highlander. There's a lot of blank memories in this uh, season. I can't think of it. It's been a long season. It has. I'm going to a long season. I don't know why. Yeah. Just don't tell them. It's seamless to the listeners. I could not tell you, I think, half of what the films you guys picked. I know what I picked, but I have no idea. I'm not going to look at you. So your quiz is going to suck for the pointies. (laughs) The pointies is going to be absolutely amazing because there's films I can't even remember. (laughs) (laughs) And there's films I keep thinking we did this season that were all last season. But... uh, there we go, that's the end of season five. Before we get to the point is though, everyone's got a little special bonus episode coming their way. The best of 2021, where we count down our top 10 movies of 2021. That's actually 11 films again. But um, yeah, that'll come onto your feeds before we get to the pointies, which buys me a bit more time to get the pointies all sorted out into a nice kind of a nice streamlined three-hour podcast. <laughs> Just the same length as Braveheart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For every minute there is in Braveheart, you'll get uh, an award on the pointies. So that's what you'll find out next. So join us next time for the best of 2021 and keep your eyes peeled for the pointies on the 10-point podcast. <laughs>